thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. Listen, we want you to follow along in your Bible, get some, get something to take notes on, but God's going to, God's going to show us things. Amen. In this episode, it's going to be a blessing to us and we want to take note of it. But my, 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 especially with this series that we're on right now, you're going to have to go back and watch previous episodes. You're going to have to, uh, because I've, I've just started in, Last week, we were talking, starting talking about teaching on the price of the double portion anointing. Uh, this is a book that came out of an experience I had back in 2018 when Jesus came into my hotel room in Russia. And he talked to me, and this is, uh, this is some things that we need to, to be skillful in yeah. for this era. Yes. And... Um, We've, we've got a lot to say. We've already said a lot and we don't have time to say it all. So we want you to go back and watch. But it's talking about when it says double portion anointing, don't be, don't, don't be limited in what you're going to listen to or think when you hear teaching on this, because I'm not just talking about ministers. Yes, specifically it refers to ministers, but generally I'm talking about how to uh, cause the anointing that's within us to not be hindered in its flow. Now, every believer has an anointing that abides within them. You have an anointing that abides within you. It's there to teach you. It's there to help you. And notice it abides is what the word says. It never leaves you, never leaves you. It doesn't just come when you walk into the church building. It's, it never leaves you no matter what you're facing. So if we will become skillful with that anointing, we can draw on it 24 hours a day. Whenever we need it, there is power on the inside of you to put you over. And we need to be skillful. The teaching that is in this book, the price of the double portion anointing will apply to that anointing that's within you. Now, the anointing is within every believer. But for those who are set apart for fivefold ministry, there's anointing that comes upon that enables them to minister to others. So not every believer will walk under that, but every minister will. But it's not that anointing that comes upon is not for the minister. It is for those who he ministers to. But even the minister has to learn to live off the anointing that abides within, just like every other believer. So the things that I'm teaching apply to all of us. So um, I'm just taking sections of what Jesus said as I teach on it. And so we have, to, we have to listen closely and learn how to become skillful with this anointing that abides within us because it's power. It's power. And we can't handle power carelessly. That's right. um, 
to be effective with power, we have to have skill. Yes. And so everyone needs to be skillful with the anointing of God that abides within you. And so Jesus talked to me about things that will hinder and interrupt the flow of that power yes. that's within us. That anointing that abides within you cannot be increased. The measure of it cannot be increased, but we can increase our skill in cooperating yes. with it. Amen. We can increase our skill in allowing it to flow unhindered so yes. that it's not just flowing out in a minimal measure, but in a full measure. Amen. 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 So I want to read just, uh, I'll start uh, with a, the first section that Jesus said to me. He said, to walk accurately and in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Now he's speaking specifically to ministers who are standing in the pulpit and the, the ministry anointing is upon them. Don't, don't misspeak under that. It's dangerous. Yes. You can't just say anything you want when God's anointed you to say something. Um, so you say, well, how does that apply to me as a believer? I don't stand in the pulpit. There's still an anointing that abides within you. Don't misspeak. Right. Don't misspeak, yeah. period. Right. Learn to govern that tongue. Yes. Bring that tongue under control because as we do, then the anointing that abides within can flow out unhindered. Right. Yes. Wrong speaking hinders the flow of the anointing that abides within us. Amen. Now listen to that. Wrong speaking hinders yes. the flow of that anointing that abides in every believer. Yes. Amen. So Jesus went on and said, bring great consecration to the tongue and speech not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. Now, in the previous episode, we were talking about not speaking with exaggeration. That means many, uh, many tell it bigger than it was, yeah. tell it different than it happened right. to, to get a more dramatic effect. But that's not truth. Jesus said to me that night, he said, only truth can be in your mouth for God and his power only flow through truth. Notice this. God doesn't flow through exaggeration. No. Power quits flowing. Cannot flow through something that's not true. So if you're telling an event, make sure you tell it truthfully. If you're telling what somebody said to you, make sure you're telling it truthfully. Sometimes you can tell it truthfully in the right words, but the wrong emphasis. Sometimes we can tell something that somebody said, but they didn't say it the same spirit we said it in. Right? Right. So all of this would play into not exaggerating, not making it different than it is. Because when when power, when the anointing um, comes up to a lie, up to exaggeration, that's its stopping place. Power can't flow beyond that. Because... Um, anything that's not the truth is not a conductor of power. Truth is a conductor of power. It's a, it provides a channel that power can flow through. But if there's exaggeration, truth can't flow through that. Power can't flow. Rather, power can't flow through that because it's not truth. Amen. So exaggeration can be a bad mental habit that becomes a bad verbal habit. So uh, learn to catch yourself because, uh, you know, flesh likes to tell it and flesh likes to tell it big. Amen. So we all have to discipline ourselves to tell something without embellishing it. Amen. Amen. Um, 
I, we, we left off talking about when Jesus stood in front of Lazarus's grave. Remember in John chapter 11, Jesus was told that Lazarus was sick. When the time Jesus arrived, Lazarus had already been buried. And so Jesus, when he first heard three days earlier that Lazarus was sick, Jesus made a statement. He said, this sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God. Yeah. The sickness wasn't for the glory of God, but the outcome yeah. of the sickness yes. was for God's glory. Yeah. Now, Jesus also knew that he had already died, uh -huh. that he had died. So when he gets there to where Lazarus had lived, he, he knows he's already dead. So he's at the gravesite. When Jesus stood in front of Lazarus's grave, and this is in John chapter 11, verse 41, this is the Amplified Classic translation. It says, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That's right. He's talking about several days earlier, I said this sickness is not unto death. And you say, well, that didn't work. He died. It's not over yet. <laughs> it's not over yet. When Jesus shows up, when the word shows up, the ending gets rewritten. Do you understand that? The word rewrites endings. Just because the natural wrote that ending doesn't mean heaven wrote that ending. And heaven, it's never too late for heaven to rewrite endings. Amen. So he lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So notice this, when Jesus said this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, the outcome of it will be to God's glory. When he walked up in front of the grave, he didn't doubt that that wasn't going to, that that wasn't going to change. He knew that was going to change. I, he didn't care that he saw a grave. And then of course, you know, uh, Mary and Martha come up and says, you know, he's been in the grave several days. He stinketh by now. Stink doesn't change anything. <laughs> They're saying he's decayed. Notice this. Decay doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean how much a limb has decayed and been paralyzed or a muscle been inactive and it's withered. That's, that's nothing but decay. Doesn't matter. The anointing that abides within. The anointing that abides within will change things of the natural. Amen. So Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Notice he didn't even talk to the devil. He didn't even, he didn't even mention him. He just came in and undid his works. Yes. Yeah. So he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now listen to the follow-up statement. Yes, I know you always hear and listen to me. Now see, we can read this two ways. Number one way we can read it is God always hears us. There's never a time that he's going to close his ears to us. He always hears us, even when you don't feel like it. He does. But then the other, the flip side of that is you always hear me. You don't just hear me when I'm talking to you in prayer, Father. You hear me when I'm talking to men. So what I say to men has to line up with what I'm saying to you. Because if I'm going to get results with the anointing of God, with power, it has to line up with what I say to others, yes. also with what I say to you. Amen. Notice this, also what I say to myself. Yes, that's good. Because many times people say the, the word to God, but to themselves they're saying something different. They're saying, I don't know where money's going to come from. I just don't know. And then they say to God, I know you're my provider, but I don't know where all the money's going to come from. See, yeah. they'd say one thing to God and another thing to themselves. Right. God hears you always. Yes, 
and what he hears always can affect what you're going to, the results you're going to get when you talk to him. So what's this mean? Practice the skill of your words that you speak to God also line up when you speak to men. How do you do that? Just speak the word all the time. All your convert, I'm not talking about every, every statement has to be a scripture. I'm saying every statement needs to line up with scripture. It needs to line up and represent scripture, the truth of scripture. Amen. Because when we speak to someone, we're not going to speak in scripture and verse, right? It's conversational, but the truth of the word is governing those conversations. Amen. So that's what Jesus said. I know you hear me. And you listen to me always, always. always. So that means we always have to pay attention to what we're saying. There's never a time where we can't, we're we're given a a license to not pay attention. Amen. Um, Any wrong talk about situations and about other people that's not truth has no business being in our mouth. Well, you know, I did see such and such, you know, this happened with some, I saw it and that's the truth. Yes, but is it lovely? Is it lovely? Because over in Philippians chapter four, we're told to, that our thoughts can only be on what's true, yes. what's pure, yes. what's lovely, yes. what's just. Yes. All these things, they have to not just say, well, it's true in the sense I saw it, but does it line up with all the That's requirements right. Right. that godly right. speech carries? Amen. 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 So we have to speak truth when we're, when we're preaching in the pulpit. We have to speak truth when we're pre- speaking to one another, to our family, to our boss, to our fellow employees. And, I, and as I said previously, giving opinions is not truth. Amen. Well, you know, I just think we ought to do this. Well, you know, that's not truth. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How many of you know gossip is not truth? That's right. We must discipline ourselves to rid ourselves that's of right. things that are not in line with scripture. Amen. Amen. Now we have to understand this. When we talk about something, this will help people to understand something. The difference between fact versus truth. Mm -hmm. Fact versus truth, because they are two different things. Facts deals with the natural realm and therefore they're subject to change. Truth deals with God's realm is never subject to change. Now, Facts are that which may be printed by a newspaper. It's a fact that such and such happened in the city today. Uh-huh. And they print that. Tomorrow they don't print it. Why? Because that fact changed. Right. Right. The next day there's different facts. Right. You see. So facts change. Yes. So when you say, you know, I'm going to speak truth. If I'm saying I'm going to speak the truth, I'm not going to lie. I'm, when I, if I say my arm hurts, that's the truth. That might be a fact, but it's not the truth. Because the truth is himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. The truth is we're redeemed from the curse of the law because the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of Abraham is on us. The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of Abraham, it's on us. That's the truth. The fact is your arm may hurt, but truth trumps facts. Why? Because facts can change. And this is where people misunderstand. What do I say? If the doc, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, um, you know, where, where are you having a difficulty? Nowhere. Then why are you here? (laughs) 
You know, well, I'm not going to speak doubt and unbelief. To speak a fact is not doubt and unbelief. It's when you when you put the fact above the truth that you're going to have problems. If you go to the doctor and say, my shoulder's been hurting, you're not saying, I, I don't believe in healing. Right. That's a fact. But a fact is subject to change because I'm going to lay truth on that shoulder. I'm going to lay what the Word says on that shoulder and the truth will trump the fact. Amen. So circumstances around our lives are facts. But they can change when truth is applied to them. Amen. Because the truth remains consistent and unchanging. Amen. So that helps you to understand that if you go up into a healing line, so to speak, and the minister asks you, what is it you need prayer for? It's not doubt and unbelief to state the facts. Do you know Jairus did that? Jairus spoke the, he spoke facts, then he spoke truth. Let me tell you how it sounded. He said, come, he said, my daughter lieth at the point of death. That's not doubt and unbelief to say that. That's a fact of the circumstance. But then he spoke truth, but come and lay your hand on her and she'll live. See, he spoke truth. So it's okay to speak fact once you also follow it up with what the truth says regarding that fact. Does that make sense to you? Because people become confused. Well, what can I say or not say? (laughs) I don't want to talk about the circumstances. You know, Paul said, and, and I don't have the verse in front of me, so I don't have the exact wording, but he said, we are pushed down, but not destroyed. That's right. What's he saying? He's talking the fact, then he lays the truth on yes. it. And every time he made a statement in the course of that passage, he would say what was happening in the natural, but then he laid truth on it and followed it up with truth. That's why you have to answer wrong thoughts because when wrong thoughts come, wrong suggestions come, fear speaks to you. That's a fact you're hearing that, but it's not the truth. So you lay the truth of the word that no weapon formed against me will prosper. God's not given me the spirit of fear. So you answer every fact with the truth of the word. Amen. Amen. So that will help you to understand it's not wrong to say to your pastor, I'm having problems with my shoulder, but I believe that Jesus bore my pain. So I'm asking you to lay your hand on my shoulder and pray with me. You see, that's not doubt and unbelief to say that you're talking about a fact, but you're following that fact up by laying a truth on it. Amen. Now, what you don't want to do is leave and start just talking about the truth, the fact all the time. Right. Boy, my shoulder hurts. Boy, it hurts. No, you say the, 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 the truth of the word was laid on that, yes. on that need. And I thank God his power is working in my shoulder. It is working. Therefore, I'm healed. I'm authorized to call myself healed because the the word has been applied. I released my faith. Power is flowing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It may be a fact that you don't currently have enough money in your checking account to pay a bill, but that's not the truth of the situation. The truth is you have a provider. And once you release your faith, that provider starts working in your behalf to deal with the fact. So wives, 
When you're believing God and let's say if you're the one who you're handling the checking account and your husband says, how are we doing financially? Uh, for you not to give him the facts is not correct. Say, honey, you know, we have a bill coming up. We don't have the money in the account for it, but we have a provider. And so you need to let him know what is in reality, the fact of it. So he'll know how much about how to join his faith with what you're believing for. Amen. Amen. But to not tell all the facts and say you're in faith when somebody is responsible for those facts. Does that make sense to you? You don't keep some, the husband, he's also responsible to bring his faith. So you don't hide the facts from him saying I'm in faith because you can tell him the facts as you apply your faith to the truth. Amen. You don't keep people in the dark, so to speak and say, well, I'm in faith. And all of a sudden he gets a notice and goes, how did we get this far behind? Well, I didn't want to talk about doubt and unbelief to talk about the facts is not doubt and unbelief. As long as you follow it up with the truth of the word, because, uh, after we've released our faith from then on, we need to be thanking God that the truth is working. The word is working. Amen. We are authorized to override the facts and the circumstances of our life with the truth of the word. Yes. And that's our divine profession yes. to do that. Amen. Amen. Any fact that's contrary to the word is asking to be overridden. Yes. It's waiting for you to override it. Override it with the truth of the word. Amen. Amen. And then we hold our attention on the truth and we don't hold our attention on the facts once we've applied the truth. Amen. 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 Focusing on and talking about circumstances and facts is not speaking truth. Now, Jesus said truth can only be in your mouth in the sense of you can't just constantly rehearse the circumstances and facts and think that the anointing can flow unhindered. Because if, all, if we magnify the problem, the need, yeah. we're, we're not saying we don't have a need, right. but we're saying the truth of the word dominates, dominates. and overrides yes. this situation. Yes. And, I, and I believe in the word. Yes. I don't believe in the facts. Yeah. I believe in the word. Amen. I'm aware there are facts. Right. And listen, we're not ignoring facts is not faith. Until you have spoken the word, then you're authorized to even not even give them a second thought once you've released your faith. But just acting like they're not there is not the action of faith. The action of faith is to lay truth on facts, to lay truth on circumstances and change them. Amen. All facts are changeable. I said all facts are changeable. So to walk in a skill towards the anointing that abides within us. Our thoughts, our attention, our words cannot be saturated with fact. They have to, it has to be saturated with truth. Now that's what held, held, uh, the Hebrews out of the promised land. All they talked about were the facts. There's giants in the land. They're stronger than us. All they did was they talked about what they saw. Is that true? Is that a fact? Yeah, that was a fact. That was their circumstance. But God gave them truth to override those facts and to help them enter that promised land. And that is, I've already given you the land. 
I have given it to you. It's a land that flows with milk and honey, not, not a land that flows with giants. Yeah. It flows with milk and honey. Yeah. It Amen. flows with a provision and abundance. I've already That's given right. it to you. Yeah. See, what was the problem? The multitude of that congregation focused on the facts. Caleb and Joshua and Moses focused on the, on the truth. And so um, because the majority focused on the facts instead of the truth, they were held out from going in. Yeah. But Joshua and Caleb never let go of that truth yeah. and they ended, up, they ended up going in. Why? Because truth always wins. Always. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Um, one of the things that Jesus said to me in that experience that I had in 2018 in St. Petersburg, Russia, he said to me, he said, speaking of himself, I only said what I heard my father say. I only did what I saw my father do. So notice this, Jesus, Jesus had, a, the word tells us his fame spread, remember? As the miracles started working, that says fame of him spread. He didn't, what was that? His voice grew larger. Yes. And the people heard his voice. If I could say this, they gave credibility to him. They listened to him. They believed, they, they came, the crowds, the multitudes came to hear him. The fame of him spread. Once, what is that? The anointing is a people gatherer. Don't you forget it. The anointing is a people gatherer. And when they gather, you can't use them for your purpose. Right. You use them for God's purpose because it's God's anointing that drew them. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus did not use his influence that he had with the people to express his opinion. Right. He used the influence that that anointing gave him to put truth yeah. into the people's hearts, into their lives. He used that and he used his influence to, to, to be a voice for what God was saying, yes. not yes. for his own personal thoughts, right. not for his own personal opinions. You see, and we have to learn this, that when God gives us a voice into someone's life, don't misuse it Amen. because it's for his purpose, yes. the purpose of truth. Amen. Yes. And as ministers we're to use our pulpits to bring out his truth, not to bring out our opinion, not to bring out what we think about things, but to preach the truth. Yes. Amen. Amen. So Jesus said he only, it, he only spoke words that were in line with what God had authored. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. Jesus disciplined his thought life and his speech. Mm -hmm. He had to do that. Yes. We have to do that. Yes. Well, we can do that. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Why is that? We have divine help called the Holy Ghost Amen. to help us. We have the help of the word to help us. Yes. Amen. And we'll talk more about that. But we've been ministering out of my book, as I said, the price of the double portion anointing. There's so much to say about this and we want you to get hold of it. So you can go to our website at JesusTheHealer.org and you can purchase your copy there and we'll get it right out to you. And uh, it'll be a blessing to your life. And in until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org.
come join us for our Jesus the Healer Crusade in Fresno, California at Elite Event Venue, located at 4105 West Fig Garden Drive, Fresno, California, 93722. The dates are March 25th through the 29th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. If you have received a healing or have any other testimony to share with us as a result of this broadcast, we would love to hear about it. Please call us, write us, or contact us through our website. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.